This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How are you doing today? Man, I, yeah, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Of course, uh, you know, yesterday was Father's Day. Happy, happy Father's Day to you. A happy Father's Day to you, yeah. Yeah, we on Father's Day, we did what uh, many people go do on Father's Day, and uh, we went to uh, visit my mother. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my parents are in the process of moving from um, a, a little town in South Alabama. Uh, Dad retired. They're, they're working on moving home, and... Um, this past weekend was about the only weekend we could uh, we could get down there uh, to visit mom. She basically, uh, dad has kind of already moved up here. He's you know kind of working on their new house and things like that up this way. And and mom has uh, has been stuck down there in in this uh, you know lower Alabama area. And uh, you know we were like, well, I know it's Father's Day, but I, I really we hadn't seen my mom in like months, and I you know kind of missing her and uh, wanted to go down there one more time before she moved up here. And so um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we. Uh, we went took a trip down there and uh pretty exhausted man you know just after a long road trip you you know we're not used to these road trips with the baby yet you know Ooh, and so yeah. um yeah so you know how it is it's kind of kind of difficult you got the um the youngling uh you know hollering in the back and you can't really do a whole lot about it and except you know get out occasionally and hope that you know some crawling around in the grass is uh, is a little helpful <laughs> but and it, of course, I mean, it never okay. is. <laughs> and it never is. And it never is. So we're hoping a uh, we're hoping we can catch up on a little sleep and uh, get get right back into the pipe world this week as we uh, man as we truck on through through the rest of June. Yeah. So how was your Father's Day, man? It was good. It was really good. Um, you know, I think I mentioned to you I got one of uh, I got a grill for my birthday. And yeah, that's right. I, yeah, one of those kind of blacktop uh, griddle type like uh, hibachi esque type of grill. And man, I, I love that thing so much. I, uh, for Father's Day, I woke up in the morning and uh, cooked up some blueberry pancakes. I did 12 pancakes at the exact same time on that thing. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was delicious. So in, enjoyed that. And then uh, in the evening, did a steak. And uh, of course, I was gone for most of the day because, you know, we're still doing the, uh, you know, the, the remote broadcast at the church. So I woke up, made, uh, made the blueberry pancakes, ate with the, yeah. uh, the family and then headed to church and then uh, came back in the afternoon and just kind of relaxed for the rest of the day. So it was, it was a good one, man. I, I have no reason to complain. It was, it was wonderful. <laughs> That's great. Are y'all still doing the, uh, the remote broadcast and, and all that at your, uh, at your church? Oh yeah, man. You know, Houston, we, we're, uh, it is, uh, there's, there's a lot, lot more cases now than there have been, uh, throughout this entire process, dude. It's, uh, uh, in fact, you know, I don't want to go too, too deep into this, but, um, last I heard this morning, the, the hospital that was designated as an overflow hospital has now started to fill up. And so it's, uh, you know, I, I we know we, we talk about, you know, we, we, we like the show to be kind of a respite from the world, but it's, uh, it's a tough time, man. It's there. It is, it is for a variety of reasons. Yeah, I know it, we are at our, uh, at our uh, little parish here in Jackson, we um, have started services again, but they've been, I think they've handled it pretty well. It's like, you know, every other pew, uh, you have to kind of space yourself out. There's, you know, you have to wear masks and, and, you know, unfortunately there's like, is no singing because apparently singing can kind of, you know, uh, you know, throw, throw particles farther and that kind of thing. And so, you know, it's just a, just a tough time. Yeah. We're trying to navigate all this as, um, you know, responsibly as we can, but that's right. Um, you get Mary, Bo- Mary Beth Luann, 
man who's been just like campaigning for that Christmas solo. And then, you know, every single Sunday she's just giving it her all. <laughs> And uh, she's likely to infest the entire cat, the entire church. You, you let you let Mary Lou uh, sit up front, right? You, right? you let her That's sit right. up front, right? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, no, well, but it's uh, interesting times. So, uh, well, man, I'm I'm glad. Uh, you know, glad you've glad you had a good uh, good Father's Day. Sounds like the pancakes were good. Yeah, the pancakes are good. And uh, you know, I, I, I one thing I was kind of uh, uh, regretful of is I did not get to enjoy my pipe, which is typically something I do on Father's Day. So uh, hopefully, I'll be able to later on this week. That's yeah. kind of a, a makeup opportunity, but uh, but man, what about you? Did you get any uh, any any fun gifts or? Uh, get, I mean, I'm like you know, as you said, you you were put to work on Father's Day. <laughs> man, I, I was, but it was really pretty special. My my wife commissioned a a friend of hers to um to actually do a little painting. Uh, she took a uh, there was a there was a photo my wife really liked of me. Uh, holding our daughter Charlotte uh, in my living room or my dining room, basically, and um, she was like, "Well, I wonder if I can get my friend to turn this into a, a painting." And she did, and it, I mean, it was really, really special. It's this print of uh, of me holding our daughter, and uh, I mean, it's just really, really sweet. So we're we're very thankful for that. I'll have to find a nice place to put it, but um, you know, the the artist this. Um, a sweet girl who did this, uh, you know, did, did as much as she could with a very limited subject. <laughs> but uh, it, uh, it is funny. She did say she had to tell a couple people as she was painting it. No, this is not uh, the figure of Christ uh, holding a, 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 a baby. <laughs> wow. This is my this is my friend's uh, tobacco dealing husband. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Right. <laughs> anyway, kind of funny. But uh, oh, fantastic. No, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty sweet gift. It'll be something we keep for for a long time and are very proud of. So anyway, <laughs> most definitely. Well, uh, dude, it was uh, it was good. It sounds like it was a good one all around. Hopefully, uh, folks were able to to sit back and uh, either call up their dads or if you are a dad, be able to put your feet up and yeah, you know, uh, uh, keep keep the flame alive, so to speak, and uh, and enjoy enjoy a pipe. Uh, with your father or with your your child this uh, this last past week. But man, beyond that, we've got some great things going on. Of course, this podcast is made possible by the amazing support of our patrons over at patreon.com slash countrysquireradio. If you'd like to learn more about how you can support the podcast and join the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club, uh, that is a place to do it. We would love to have you there. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Man, we've uh, we, we've got kind of an interesting episode this week. And I, you know, I... I it's it's interesting because we're we're going to do something this week. We're going to talk about some things, and you know, typically when we talk about products, uh, especially as we talk about products that uh, that may 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 uh, weigh a little little heavier on your wallet, so to speak, um, we we tend to you know we tend to do it around the holidays when people are kind of flushed with cash, right? And so Father's Day is is not not necessarily. I mean, there's a lot of gifts that fly around Father's Day. I don't know that there's that much like cash gifts that you get as Father's Day. Maybe you should get gifts as cash gifts as Father's Day. But I'm, I'm for it. Yeah, there's several things I could use that I'd like to pick out myself. Thank you very much. Well, listen, this is, the, this is the time a lot of folks are being, you know, they're being conscientious with their dollars, but at the same time, we do like uh, the finer things from uh, time to time to kind of keep us sane. And so this is going to be a good one, man. We're going to be talking about top shelf tobaccos this week and and really kind of, uh, you know, really diving into, you know, whether or not it's, it's going to be worth that purchase, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, that that's right. We thought we'd you know discuss frankly expensive tobaccos, you know, um, and and you know there's a we have to qualify this, right? I mean, yeah, you can go online and and purchase you know eight ounce bag of Stonehaven for two hundred dollars or whatever, uh, but we're we're not really talking about that. We're not really talking about collector's edition stuff or you know first uh, you know first edition uh, you know uh, Dunhill cans that you know date from the you know nineteen twenties or something like that. We're not not really talking about that. We're talking about um, just expensive tobaccos that are on the market today, and um, you know that you know you can go purchase uh, pretty readily available if you've got the cash. And um, you know why would you spend that much? And and what what is a tobacco that costs that much? And and what's going on there? And and then you know fundamentally, is it um, you know would it be a good purchase? And and uh, you know that kind of thing. So um, yeah, it's just you know we we know that secondary market, right? We know uh, nowadays that uh, a tin of Frogmorton Cellar that used to retail for fifteen dollars, uh, you know, you can now purchase for you know a hundred dollars. Uh, we we talked about that I think even last week, uh, you know, to to some extent. And so, um, you know, and, and and there you know are, are cases of that. You've got uh, you know Stonehaven and Penzance and um, you know Peacehaven and and Ramsgate and all these other uh, you know hard to find esoterica tobaccos that on the secondary market go for uh, you know a pretty penny and. Um, and, and, you know, so we can argue about if those are worth, you know, the, the secondary market or not. What we do know is that the MSRP of those products is, you know, no more than, you know, 15 or $20 or, or maybe for an eight ounce bag, uh, you know, 36, uh, 38, $40, something of that nature. Um, and, and people are paying, you know, five, six, seven times that amount for that. But, but what we're talking about is when you go to, uh, when, when you go to the store, uh, maybe it's the liquor store or, uh, you know, you're shopping for a new car and, and you're like, man, I want to really treat myself this time. Like, the, you know, the last five cars I've purchased have been, you know, whatever. And this time I'm, I'm really, it's I'm in mid, midlife crisis mode and I'm going to show out, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'm going to the liquor store and, uh, you know, man, I, I've, I've had a really special week and, uh, and I'm going to buy that really expensive bottle of, I don't know, tequila. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and, man. Listen. And whenever, uh, you know, Christmas time comes around, you know, that's that's kind of when you look back over the course of the year. I always kind of see how Pottery did. And uh, the last couple yeah. of years when Pottery has been doing pretty well, I was like, I'm going to get the expensive stuff for me this year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're um, you want to see that price tag and that's kind of part of the experience. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, I've, I've had a good year. I've shaved saved my, uh, you know, money and, and all that and, and want to uh, want to treat myself. And so. Um, you know, so we're talking about those kind of top shelf things. You walk into the store and you look at the guy, the proprietor and you say, give me the best you got. (laughs) And, um, you know, so we're talking about those kind of tobaccos, you know, historically forever, there was a tobacco, uh, that we're all familiar with the brand lane limited, Mm. um, uh, lane, of course, uh, you know, excellent tobaccos. Uh, these are historically American made. They've gone through, um, some transition and, uh, you know, being merged with Scandinavian tobacco group and, um, you know, combined with all the Stokeby brands and, you know, favorites like Orlick and Escudo and all these. Um, you know, Lane, though, uh, historically was a uh, a very renowned uh, pipe importer, pipe accessory importer and pipe tobacco importer. And of course, um, you know, fundamentally, they manufactured their own pipe tobaccos. Uh, Herman G. Lane, uh, of course, uh, you know, long, um, a long time 
tobacconist and, and, and someone that wanted to uh, be associated with the best brands. We think of those Lane era uh, Sheraton pipes that were, uh, you know, uh, imported into the United States that uh, I've got so many of hanging here on my wall, uh, you know, and, and um, you know, so associated with the best. And, uh, and they had this tobacco for years and years. And we actually still at the Country Squire have a uh, tobacco jar with this name on it. They had this tobacco for years called Crown Achievement. And uh, this Crown Achievement, it kind of got me thinking about, you know, some of this um, uh, some of this topic because it was known as the world's most expensive pipe tobacco. This was a tobacco that, uh, you know, folks would go uh, for quite a while and they would kind of save their uh, shekels, you know, up uh, it, up until they, you know, could find a good moment to to you know, uh, you know, purchase this. Maybe they'd had a good month at work, or uh, you know, it was a birthday or something like that. And so it was a expensive pipe tobacco. We're talking about a an English blend, something that uh, you know featured Latakia and, and Orientals. We're talking about an English blend, you know, something that featured you know the Latakia and, and Turkish tobaccos and and uh, even some Perique, uh, you know, and and you know what what made this particular tobacco so. Uh, so expensive, you know. They they would say, well, you know, it's got the uh, you know the choicest leaf, uh, you know, in, included in here. Not just the hardest to find, but the hardest of the hardest, you know. And um, and it was uh, you know processed with uh, delicate care and all this kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, they actually uh, for a long time ha- had made this tobacco. It was seriously considered to be one of the uh, world's uh, finest tobaccos. And then oh, over time, as you know, conditions change in the pipe world and, uh, you know, the economics of, of, you know, growing tobacco changed and also, uh, you know, geopolitical things, uh, you know, kind of affected the uh, nature of uh, things like Latakia and, you know, Turkish tobaccos and things of that nature. Um, you know, it, it became harder to create this tobacco. And so it uh, it changed over time. The recipe changed. And finally, uh, people just were like, well, you know, this is not the same as it used to be. It's not something that's it's, as delicious or or as, um, you know, as tasty, as refined. Uh, and so it actually eventually went out of production, but uh, they brought it back, um, you know, a few years ago, actually, uh, Lane Limited brought it back. And, um, you know, it, it's just funny because the tobacco known then as the world's most expensive pipe tobacco, you can get on pipes and cigars now for nine fifty a 10. <laughs> so <laughs> it's one of those things where, man, I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe you just let that one go. You know, it's like, well, maybe, maybe if it's going to be that kind of, uh, uh, you know, thing. We just, uh, we let that sit back in there in the memories and, and don't, uh, don't bring it back. I don't know. But the, <laughs> the, the reviews on the re-release have been, uh, have been decidedly mixed. Interesting. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. So, and, and you can tell that, you know, with Crown Achievement Lane was really, you know, going for that again, uh, you know, exquisite, sophisticated tobacco or, you know, but in the end, there's just so many, uh, English blends on the market that feature, uh, you know, a lot of those same uh, flavors that are, um, you know, and, and, and if you can't really introduce anything that's hard to find or hard to get uh, into the mix, then, you know, you wind up with another, another maybe delicious English blend, but, you mm-hmm. know, one that there's so many others of out there, uh, you know, Virginia's uh, mixed with Latakia and, you know, has a nice, uh, you know, woodsy, uh, you know, earthy kind of uh, cedary flavor to it from the Orientals and, uh, you know, it's great. And there's, there's 
there's so many like that that are out there. So it's hard to hard to at some point justify, you know, the harder, um, the larger price point for that. So, um, so, so that's, that's, you know, the, the kind of, uh, historic, uh, look at, Hey, we're, we're, you know, trying to make a very expensive pipe tobacco here. Um, and, and this is what we've got. And, uh, you know, eventually it just kind of gets muddled and, um, you know, and, and even in its resurrected variety, um, you know, just isn't quite up to, uh, up to par of the old. So, I'm, yeah. I'm curious the, cause I mean, like you look at the, the, the branding as it kind of exists now, is that the same as it was when it first came out? It was, yeah, very similar. And uh, we, we still, I think I mentioned this or, or started to mention this a minute ago, we still at the Squire have the large Crown Achievement tobacco jar uh, that, you know, they would give to some of their more premium, uh, you know, sellers, resellers. And, um, you know, and, and a matter of fact, when I found it, it actually had some of the original, uh, you know, tobacco still in it. Of course, it was, um, you know, ve- basically unsmokable. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it, yeah, it's, you know, has that same kind of marketing you've almost got that kind of crushed velvet thing going on there which is yeah. uh, fascinating okay so that was what i was curious about is is that kind of uh you know wrinkly velvety is that actually textured or just printed like could you actually run your finger over and feel it or is it just really there for you know kind of printed uh, i'm effect? not sure to be honest with you Bo. i i think uh i think in the re-release it was just printed i would imagine um, although yeah I, I think you know um, boy, if they would have been able to put some texture on that, that's something you might you might pay a little extra for. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like when it comes down to it, so much of justifying a price point comes to justifying that. Uh, you know, even even back before, like you know, lifestyle brands were a buzzword. I mean, the reality yeah. is, is that's something that you've always been selling, which is a lifestyle. And so there's there's an aspect to the way in which you present your product that if you were gonna put a put it, if you're gonna slap a, a heavy price point on it. Man, it's got to communicate that more than just numbers when you pick it up, and so that when That's people right. walk out, they they get the sense of like, ooh. <laughs> when, when you pull that when you pull that particular bottle of whiskey out, you want uh you know heads to turn or whatever. That's so, exactly right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it can't just be well engineered. It's got to uh, got to have some flash factor to it, and and that kind of comes to our our next stop and our you know little small tour of uh, expensive tobaccos. And um, th- there's a company. It's a German company. They uh, they do a variety of things. They're they're mostly known for uh, incredibly high end smoking accessories. Things like uh, you know tobacco pouches and cigar cases and customized lighters and things of that nature. But um, it, it's a company named Sillums. Sillums S I L L E M S. They have been around for uh, for quite a while, and it's one of those uh, companies when you know you you think to yourself like that guy. Like he's really into this, and maybe he's got a little more than he knows what to do with, kind of thing. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Sillums is the company that literally, literally takes Corona lighters, which already cost, you know, let's say two hundred dollars a pop, and they'll 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 take them and then coat them with a hand uh, hand blended resin and plate them with sterling silver on the top <laughs> and then put rhinestones at like ju- jewels in it. I mean, it's like, you know, th- this the is gold like, plated you know, iPhone edition type situation, right? No, it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you were, you know, if you're a, I don't know, really successful rapper or something, and you also happen to be a pipe smoker, like you're, you're going to get a Sillum's lighter like that. That's what, right. you know what I mean? It's right. You, right. you want that, that flash and that, like when people pull, you know, you pull it out of your pocket and it's like, is that a Ruby? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that yeah. uh, early two thousands era hip hop. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. The uh, the 
the uh, I just this past weekend, um, as part of Father's Day, I failed to mention this at the beginning, but I was doing a uh, a Godfather rewatch. Um, oh so yeah, cool. I, yeah, I watched the first one and then uh, watched up to the intermission of the second one last night, and we'll uh, catch the second half probably tonight. But uh, you know, there's that scene in the second, uh, you know, in part two of the Godfather where they're meeting with. The uh, I think it was like the Havana um, kind of business uh, outreach for the government or whatever it is, and so he he to kind of showcase um, you know just the level of success he's at. The the telephone company there had given him a gold plated uh, phone, but not, I mean obviously you know this is of the yeah. era, so it's the rotary style, but it's completely plated in gold, and they all like <laughs> pass it around the table. Do you remember this? Have you, you've seen this? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh man, no, it's it's great. It's just. Uh, a lot. I mean, as with all the Godfather movies, there's so much is being communicated every single scene. I'm not going to dive into that, but just to say it's that, that level of like, Hey, look at this gold plated phone. The telephone company gave me here. Look at this yep. lighter that has all the bling and silver and gold and diamonds that you could imagine. Right. Exactly. And, and it, and it covered over an already, you know, what a lighter that was already $200, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Just really amazing. Um, yeah. So Salem's kind of, they major in this stuff, right? They're, uh, you know, a brand that really, um, you know, they, they focus on that. The, uh, distributor of these things in America, I, I'll never forget the first time I got their, uh, catalog and, and was looking through some of the, uh, prices and I was like, are these people serious? And um, and and they are, and and people buy it, <laughs> and uh, and they do make some beautiful products. So I, I certainly don't want to uh, take away from that. You know, we're picking on price point here, but at the same time, like you know, there there are companies out there that are not ashamed to say they're a luxury brand. And uh, you know, think of uh, think of Dunhill and Costello. I mean, these are uh, you know among the best in the world, and uh, and so you know, folks uh, folks pay a, a premium for that. But um, with Silum's tobaccos, they they generally are going to um, have an MSRP of around $30 for a 100-gram tin. Um, and, and so we're kind of starting on, uh, you know, a little trajectory here with that price point. You know, that 100-gram that tin for $30, it's like, man, I, you know, there must be some some real special care that goes into that. And when you see a Silum's tin, uh, you know that it's, uh, you know, something that is trying to set itself apart. This is not a, uh, you know, your uh, coin-style vacuum-sealed uh, little brass uh, round tin. This is a, uh, you know, a very substantial uh, square, uh, you know, tin, you know, metal tin that's, uh, you know, a clasp uh, kind of fixture there with a huge German uh, silver cross there right in the middle. Just very elegant, very beautiful, something you might see in a jewelry store. And uh, and they have a lot of different tobaccos. Their most popular is the Sillum's Black. Uh, it's a black Cavendish, Burley, uh, Latakia, and Virginia tobacco. It's, it's a, it's a, crossover blend. It's a English aromatic. It's one of those where, uh, you know, when you're smoking it, you're like, okay, well, that's an English blend, but it's also sweetened. Somehow it's got some uh, some sweetening on, on top of this as well. And so, um, you know, it's one of those tobaccos that I think at the price point, because it um, you know, is around an MSRP of $30 per 10. Uh, you know, a lot of websites, they'll sell it, they'll, you know, closer to the $20 price point, just uh, kind of as a discount. They, you know, it, folks are like, well, you know, we're making some money on this. So we'll, you know, we'll already, you know, discount it to move, you know, some more product. And and so, you know, this is something where I can really see like, okay, you're, you're, you're wanting a high quality aromatic, something that uh, you know, has some Latakia, so it's got some depth and texture, and uh, you know, so you're gonna you know pay a little extra for something that's packaged very beautifully and all this, and uh, and I think that's where Silums kind of kind of comes into shine. So okay, now, um, now spell Silums. 
Yeah, S-I-L-L-E-M apostrophe S. Okay, gotcha. Because I was trying to spell that all kinds of different ways. Yeah, man, you're you're exactly right. It, it's almost like a little uh, jewel box right there. Um, yeah. Man, that, even that cross itself kind of... Um, you almost feel like you'd, you'd get like a like a brooch or something by popping that thing open. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. It, or, you know, it's like a piece of, uh, uh, it is, it's a, like a jewelry box, you know? And so, um, and, and they are so attractive. It's, um, you know, something that uh, you could really do something with that packaging uh, on the, you know, after side of using this particular tobacco. So, you know, is it worth $30? I, I'd like to like to know, um, you know, what other people have to say. Um, that's a no. <laughs> Well, I, I've I've never smoked a Silums aromatic tobacco. I never I never have, and so I've never smoked Silums black. And um, would be interested to know, uh, you know, what the you know what the reviews are out there of Silums. So um, it's one of those tobaccos that you know at our shop we've just never really had a big market for, and so we've never uh, never carried. But you know, at the same time. Um, Hmm. You know, there are folks out there, it rates really well. And, uh, you know, obviously people that know and love tobaccos that smoke them regularly uh, really do enjoy it. And so, um, you know, I think it'd be good to get maybe maybe it's up for our next review at some point. So that's interesting. You know, I hadn't thought about it from that angle. But of course, you know, you're you know, the Country Squire is a is a is a pipe tobacconist that's in you know, uh, Jackson, Mississippi, Jackson, of course, is kind of a town, but at the same time, it's, it's actually, it's right outside of Jackson. I mean, like literally, no, you're, you're actually in the city limits of Jackson. We're in the city. Yeah, we're in the city. Mm. But I mean, there is kind of a, you know, it it definitely kind of attracts a a rural-esque audience, especially given the, um, you know, the fact that it is kind of such a hub in central Mississippi for the entire state, I would argue. Yeah. Um, yeah. with, with no disrespect to the other pipe tobacconists in Mississippi, of course, but regardless, all that to say, there's a certain kind of price point clientele that you kind of need in order to get some of these more expensive to pipe tobaccos. So I kind of wonder right. what, what markets do the, you know, would, uh, something like Silum's black actually sell so well in. Yeah, and, and and I think you you hit the nail on the head. I was actually discussing this with our Ashton cigar rep the other day uh, at the Country Squire. We we sell a lot of Ashton cigars. We love Ashton cigars, but but Ashtons tend to be uh, you know a little higher price point than what our our market uh, kind of um, you know sustains more easily. You know, and so uh, you know it, I was like you know there's just not that there's there's money in a city like Jackson, and you know you've got some smaller towns and you know a poorer part of the United States and you know, you're like, well, I mean, you know, there there are some folks here that like to splurge, but most of our, you know, cigar smokers are going to live in a little lower price point than an Ashton. And so, uh, you know, the same uh, folks that work at, you know, for the same exact company that that have accounts in places like, uh, you know, Chicago and, um, you know, e- even places like Nashville and, and Atlanta and, you know, um, in Louisville and places like that, they're a little more likely to sell some of these more high-end, you know, tobacco products than they are in a in in a place like Sleepy Jackson. So, um, you know, next time you're in, uh, you know, a, a famous pipe shop in a place like Chicago or uh, Houston, Texas or Washington, D.C., you might be a little more likely to see a Silums tin uh, sitting there on the shelf. So, interesting. yeah, so it's, okay. a, it's kind of an interesting, you know, interesting uh, retailer price point kind of thing. Another one I want to talk about, too, is, um, you know, kind of moving up the scale just a, a wee bit. Um, Seattle Pipe Club uh, a couple of years ago came out with their special reserve series. Um, now, what they did, and this is what they say, uh, you know, through the interwebs, that they they found, <laughs> you always wonder, like, how this exactly works, right? They, they're like, well, we were digging through our, uh, our warehouse, and we found some 
uh, some extra rare leaf, right? And this leaf was just sitting up there, and we were wondering, like, what could we do with this leaf? And so they offered the leaf to, uh, they go on to say, uh, they offered the leaf to uh, Joe Langford, the blender of Seattle Pipe Pipe Club Blends. Joe, of course, a legendary blender, you know, in the pipe world. And and they said, rather than coming up with a whole new blend, uh, Joe took these rare tobaccos and substituted them uh, for some of the Orientals in his very popular plum pudding and uh, and in Mississippi River. And so uh, these special edition tobaccos are basically the same exact recipe. But, you know, what they're saying is they're using some more high quality ingredients for uh, for this and, and, you know, kind of swapping out some of the, um, the things they were using for maybe something a little higher caliber uh, there. And so, you know, you wind up with a tobacco that, uh, you know, has a has a retail price of about $40 uh, for a four ounce can of tobacco. And so, um, you know, which is significant where we've kind of, you know, when you think, uh, you know, historically on the high end of pipe tobaccos, you're at the um, you know, kind of, at least in recent times, you know, uh, MSRP around $20, $25, that's, that's a high end, you know, um, you know, we've kind of, we've, we've almost doubled that now. So we're here up to the, uh, the $40 price point. Um, and so, um, you know, that it, it, I think to myself, like, man, and, and this actually is a tobacco that we sell at the Country Squire, but, but I think to myself, man, like what, how much better could the tobacco be in one of the special reserve tins? Uh, than it is in the in the normal tins, you know, and um, I don't know. It's something to it's something to think about. It's like, man, ha, you know, can people really taste that much of a difference? And um, and and I think folks folks can. That there obviously is some kind of difference there, which is uh, impressive. But um, you know, it, it's it's amazing. It's like, wow, that's that's you know, they're they're taking some of their better uh, stuff. I mean, I guess it's like Glenn Levitt. Uh, you know, 18 versus Glenn Levitt 12 uh, on the shelf at your favorite, uh, you know, liquor store. Um, it, you know, it's um, it, maybe the maybe it's a little extra time, a little more, uh, you know, something that's made that tobacco just a little, uh, a little smoother, a little more uh, nuanced and elegant. So, um, you know, just a more expensive product. So, um, you know, if, if you've tried these, I'd be interested to know as well. I have not tried the Special Reserve series uh, from Seattle Pipe Club. So uh, just one more of those that, uh, you know, kind of stands out on that top shelf. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So you said that you, you've not tried this yourself personally. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You know, the, the, uh, how do I say this? All right. So this is, this is with no disrespect to the great folks at the Seattle pipe club or the amazing blender there. Uh, but the branding, I, I, is, is putting, <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, look, hear me out now. Is, is putting just a red bar that says special reserve, is that enough to communicate that kind of level of, of premium nature to it? Not to mention, and I mean, you know, it, man, I hate this. I hate, I hate bad mouth and folks that, that I enjoy and enjoy their products, but man. But you're about to. <laughs> well, listen, I look at this, I, I just, at first glance, if, if I was to like walk past this, if I was a newer pipe smoker or something like that, if I wasn't familiar, familiar with the, you know, Seattle pipe club or for plum pudding, for example, and I just glanced at this without even reading a word, I might think I was looking at like a bait can for like with worms inside. You know, but just that, that whole like black top and everything. I just, I, I don't know, man. I, I can't, I mean, I, I love, I love the imagery and all that kind of stuff. That's great. Dude, dude, uh, you know, with his, his mustache and everything. Great, great, uh, great spot there. But I don't know, man, the can 
does not to me communicate <laughs> premium enough. I'm going to get so much hate for this, man. Feel, you are. You, I'm shaking you are. as and, I'm speaking right now. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you are and will and, and probably should. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does, you know, I it, mean, compared to the I mean, regular plump. But anyway, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it, you're right. I mean, there, there's not there's not a big difference between uh, this forty dollar can of tobacco, uh, which, which generally, by the way, you can find for around thirty two dollars online. You know, again, the the MSRP winds up being uh, discounted so often for uh, many of these tobaccos. But um, but yeah, the <laughs> the uh, the plum pudding uh, tin that you see in a, a normal edition of plum pudding doesn't look uh, much different from this. And so um, you know, you've got a you've got a tin. Here here that um, you know is uh, double the price and is essentially the same exact tin. Uh, now there is more tobacco in this particular tin. It does. Yeah. Have, it is a four ounce tin. So I mean that that is a part of the uh, you know a part of the um, you know the the arithmetic here. But but you know uh, also they're, they're you know they're saying they're using more uh, you know exquisite tobaccos in this particular edition. And so um, you, you know I don't know uh, you know would you market that a little differently? Well you know maybe. But um, you know what what the folks at you know Seattle Pipe club are obviously doing is um you know saying man the the contents of this uh can are are you know superior to the other and it speaks for itself it speaks for itself and there's nothing wrong with taking that approach (laughs) except for when you're when you're contending with the fact that you've got you know if if you want to communicate premium uh you gotta you gotta do that for folks before they even walk you know before they before they have actually even spoken you know what i mean like there's it's got a in my and for my money, and I could be totally wrong. Again, I anticipate and welcome the thoughts and feedback. <laughs> please just <laughs> please just keep them a little bit more gentle and more respectful than you know I I put into my critique. <laughs> well, I can't wait until you know we're going to talk about a couple other tobaccos here. But um, the the you know one of the tobaccos is is heavy on presentation and uh, and maybe lacking yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's in quality. that's so that's we'll, the other pendulum we'll, swing right we'll, there. Right? We'll talk to the other. We'll 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 speak in short order to the other side of the uh, of the pendulum here. Um, the, the next one I'd like to talk about is. Uh, a tobacco that uh, that I've actually had in my cellar for quite a long time. I, um, I have enjoyed this tobacco in uh, kind of uh, fits and starts, and uh, really like it. But it is a it is a premium tobacco. It's one of those that uh, you know you don't uh, just rush out and buy all the time. Uh, certainly not if you're uh, you know on a on a tobacconist salary. <laughs> but mm. it's um, it's Rainer Blend seventy one. It's Long Golden Flake. Um, and, and this is the, uh, you know, if you've ever seen a, a can that uh, has the name Rainer, R-E-I-N-E-R, um, it'll have uh, the number 71 on the side. And then it's a, a beautiful little paint can. It's a, a nice kind of warm uh, gold bar color, just very, uh, very pretty. We're talking about, you know, around the $45 price point range here, um, you know, as, as far as, uh, you know, the tobacco goes. And, and it, this is something that uh, I think does, you know, start, you know, certainly along with the, uh, you know, Mississippi River and, and Plum Pudding Special Edition, we're, we're starting here to live up to, uh, you know, some of our price point here. It's a, it's a, it's a great tobacco. I, you know, um, it, it is expensive, but it's one of those that like, man, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad I paid that for that. That was good. It, it's something that is worth uh, trying and busting out on occasion to celebrate something. So um, the Rainer Blend 71, uh, this is a, a, a small uh, little paint can. Can, a white burly Virginia's and a, a kiss of Parique. 
just very, uh, very, very nice presentation. When you receive something like this, you'll know uh, that you're getting something uh, very, um, you know, very, very high quality. And when you open the can up, it, it's actually these these flakes are actually cut into long, uh, thin strips. And so you've got uh, these long strips of tobacco that are actually coiled up and rolled up, kind of in this uh, this little paint can. It kind of reminds me, Bo. Do you remember that? What was that stuff we had as a kid? Like, was it fruit by the foot? Is that what that stuff's called? Oh yeah, or, fruit by the foot. Now that's that was yeah. kind of like the the long bubblegum type thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's. It's, Am I thinking of like, bubble tape? I might be thinking of bubble or, tape. But bubble tape, yeah, that that too. I mean, the, both those things kind of go together. It, it It's kind of like that. You know, you open up this can and you see this ribbon that's kind of coiled up like that inside there. And, um, you know, of course, um, you know, it, it's a flake tobacco. And uh, we know that Virginia's and uh, Perique's uh, particularly, you know, really uh, shine after being exposed to a lot of pressure and, and, uh, and time. And so, um, you know, it just really, really does well. Uh, not surprisingly, this tobacco, is manufactured by Kohlhaas and Kopp in Germany and just has a has a very very uh, you know interesting flavor a nice pepper to it um, this is something that uh, you know your your non-aromatic smoker will really enjoy uh, you know it, it is flavored with a little bit of uh, citrus you kind of get that little orange note in the background but um, it's something that you know your you know average Virginia smoker will not uh, shy away from because it's very tasty so um, so it is one of those right there along with the uh, Seattle Pipe Club tins that you know you might pay 35 40 dollars for a can of this if you can find it um, but you know you're getting something very uh, high quality that that a lot of thought has gone into so I think way back in the early days of Country Squire Radio we actually reviewed this pipe tobacco i need to go back and see if i can find that episode and and try to uh try to look at some of that but yeah a long long time ago we uh we reviewed it very good tobacco and um you know something that if you can find will be uh you know a kind of a treat particularly for the virginia smoker okay so finally uh kind of coming to the end of our tour of expensive pipe tobaccos now this one this one takes the cake um it, it it and you know if you are listening to this show and you're like, oh, they're they're talking about expensive pipe tobaccos. I bet they're going to mention this one, and and we haven't mentioned it yet. Uh, it, and and you're kind of you know familiar with this, then uh, you're probably not going to be surprised by the one that I'm bringing up now. Back in 2015, and Bo, you you probably remember discussing this at some point. Uh, I think we even talked about it on the air. Uh, but back in 2015, the W O Larson Company. Uh, which is owned by Scandinavian Tobacco Group, uh, produced a tin. And, oh, and we, snap. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, this and is you, the... Hang on. Hang on. You, no, 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 no. We got to set the stage, man. We got to set the stage even more than that. Uh, all right. All right. So before we before we even talk about this, Indiana Jones, the opening of the sequence, going through <laughs> all of the various traps and components, uh, you know, making sure you don't step on the thing that blows the darts or the thing where the thing spears come up. You've made it all the way through and now you are at that central uh, place in the temple with the light shining down. But instead of the golden idol, what you have is what we are about to talk about. That is the level of premium like narrative communication as john david is about to expound <laughs> upon uh i, I just I, man, I feel like there's something there's some gravity that needs to go into this and, and uh, that, that's the imagery i want you to have in your head as john david discusses with his pipe tobacco there is some gravity here it, it, it is pretty amazing when you think about what they've done and and you know to be honest like what we're talking about what we're what we're diving into the w o larson 2015 uh hand-pressed tobacco 
this is a thousand dollar tin of tobacco, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, we, we just jumped from, uh, you know, $25, $30 to $40, $45. And, and now here we are, um, you know, and, and this was this was designed to be a thousand uh, dollar or a 900 euro uh, tobacco, uh, you know, minted from uh, W.O. Larson, which is uh, it's really interesting. Kind of stepping back a minute, W.O. Larson, a lot of their tobaccos are not particularly uh, you know, well-known or uh, heavily smoked in, in the United States. This is a brand. It's a Danish brand. Uh, they're known for making high-quality aromatics in the Danish style. And so uh, we're, we're talking about sweet aromatics, but not uh, particularly wet and moist, just real kind of uh, nicely topped. Uh, you know, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're aromatics, but they're not going to necessarily gunk your pipe up and that type of thing. So it, it, they're just known for making very high quality tins and, and, and the tins they make typically come in, uh, like these boxes. It's not even a real, uh, the, the tin that we're kind of used to in the U S they, they're more like these little, uh, you know, cookie boxes that they, that they would come in. And so every time you see a W.O. Larson, uh, tin of tobacco, you're like, oh, that must be a high quality product. And so what, what does that company that already makes high quality stuff and you know kind of prides themselves on on uh, you know having top shelf aromatics? What do they? How do they outdo themselves? Right. <laughs> well, they uh, they make a three and a half ounce tin. They price it for a thousand dollars. What we're calling a tin is not a tin. It's actually a uh, a cedar humidor box, mm. uh, which which is uh, amazing. And when you when you open the uh, the cedar box, it, there's three small tobacco bricks that have been uh, gently cut, uh, bound with a ribbon, and then placed uh, inside this little cedar uh, opening that that also includes a um, hydrometer in there, so you can know that your uh, tobacco is at the right uh, humidity. So <laughs> that's what they've done here. I'm going to read this from Tobacco Reviews. The most intriguing and costly pipe tobacco in the world, W.O. Larson 2015 Hand Press. To make this one-of-a-kind blend, Master Blender Lassa Berg um, hand-selected 21 different top-grade tobaccos and crafted a top note that includes the use of gale leaves that were harvested by hand from the Danish moors. Uh, the aroma and flavor are unlike anything we've ever tried, but there's somewhat of a familiar old-fashioned note to it that is comforting yet unique. To press this tobacco, Mr. Berg recreated an old hand press to keep things as traditional as possible. The pressed bars are then packed into a specifically designed humidor. Uh, manufacturing was limited. They made 200 of these uh, quote-unquote tins of tobacco and only 40 shipped to the United States. And, uh, and, and there are some still out there on the market because uh, and and you know even to get rid of the ones that they have had left, a lot of them have been marked down to you know three you know four hundred dollars something like that from their original price point. So okay, all right. Um, so so that right there. I mean, I I know you've got more yeah. to say about this, but I I, I kind of want to pull back the curtain a little yeah. bit if that's okay. Yeah. And so so John David and I were very privileged to be able to like gain access to like this like to learn of this product before it came on the market before it debuted. Yeah. Yeah. Before it debuted, we saw a lot of the marketing material and that sort of thing. And I remember because there was this big question of whether or not like the industry, the, the, the consumer base, like, could you create, or is there a desire rather for that level of premium in the pipe tobacco space? 
And there were some different thoughts and theories on that. I, that, that. That's to the extent that I will say. I don't want to say name names or, you know, I'm not even, I don't want to necessarily say much more than that beyond the fact that I remember sitting there and thinking to myself, that's fascinating. I don't know, <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know if there is or not. I don't, I really don't. But my, my intuition based off of being, you know, a, a, a prominent podcaster in this space and someone who, you know, I'm, I'm not the industry mind that you are, John David, but I, I and I'm not, I'm not the nerd. Like, I'm, not I'm not the th- industry mind you think I am. But yeah, anyway, that is ahead. not true at all. <laughs> I'm cer- I'll say this. I'm, I'm certainly not the tobacco nerd that you are. Like there's, there's, there's a, a, a depth of knowledge that you have that I just kind of enjoy the product. You know what I mean? Like I'm more, I think I, I represent personally more the average pipe consumer or pipe tobacco en- enthusiast than somebody who's a little bit more in the super fan, which is what they were going for. Not necessarily somebody like me that's a little bit more of a casual, you know, uh, uh, pipe smoker or an active casual pipe smoker, but somebody who is is very much that nerd, right? Like that that might want something of that premium. But I remember being heavily skeptical when it was first introduced to us. Yeah. I, I just want to point that out there before you keep going. <laughs> well, and and you know, so it, that kind of begs the question, right? So, what was their uh, what what was the genesis of this? Like, is the goal to uh, you know find those uh, neurosurgeon uh, you know pipe smokers that have to have the you know Mont Blanc fountain pen and uh, the you know Dragon's Head edition Dunhill and mm-hmm. the uh, you know the you know you know I, I I don't know what whatever the best of the best of the best is they've got to have it you know and and this is their you know kind of answer in that in pipe tobacco so um you know I don't know it, was it a publicity stunt was it something that uh you know is just uh you know like man let, what what if we had a thousand dollar can of tobacco tin of tobacco who would buy that like you know what let's just make it and let's see right? let's see what happens um, I I will yeah. say this though I do not think. I, I I don't I would not qualify this as a publicity stunt. Uh I, I because I think that a lot of care went into the the crafting not just of the product, but of the narrative of the product that it it seemed like I, I always kind of consider a publicity stunt as a stunt as kind of like a uh a, a an egregiously cheap ploy to, you know, slap some lipstick on a pig. I don't yeah. think that's what this is that you know but i just want to make sure i'm clear on that especially given the fact that i did kind of build up yeah. this whole like ah! but like no i i, I would say <laughs> this to me this is not a plus i've started to keep interrupting but i mean like you know no it's okay is- that, that's okay just you know it kind of begs the question though like what's the what's the goal here and i i think in the end it, it kind of talks about uh or you know we kind of get to the point of what you were uh, you know, kind of, I guess, alluding to, I'm stumbling mm-hmm. over my words as I always do, but can the pipe tobacco market sustain this, right? Like, is there a, is there a smoker out there? Are there enough pipe tobacco smokers out there that are gonna, gonna say, oh man, you know, I got my bonus check in or I've had a really good year and, and this is the thing I'm going to treat myself with. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it is telling to say that a lot of these tobaccos are still available on the market. I say a lot, some, um, and, and that they have been heavily discounted to, you know, the tune of, uh, you know, maybe, maybe 
three hundred dollars a a pop kind of thing. So um, yeah, I don't I don't know. You know, is that something the tobacco market can sustain? Maybe maybe it could. Maybe at a at a three hundred dollar price point. I, I'm not sure. Mm, but yeah. um, but you know, anyway, all, all that to say, what they've done here is they took a um, you know a, a variety of leaves. They say twenty one different uh, tobaccos. They flavored them with this gale leaf that is found uh, in Denmark. The gale leaves are used traditionally to flavor things uh, like uh, beer and other food products. Uh, it was kind of supplanted in the beer world once uh, hops became uh, more readily used. But the gale leaves, you know, had this interesting uh, flavor that uh, they wanted to impart as, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, to pay tribute to the Danish tradition of, of uh, you know, pipe tobacco blending and specifically aromatics. And so it has this fascinating uh, flavor to it. The, the, the problem with this, and we actually talked about this in an episode not too long ago when we discussed a Sam Gay with limited edition tobacco that came out uh, that was done with fourth generation um kind of a collaboration but you know they put this pipe tobacco in a humidor right mm. and the, 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 there's a there's a fundamental problem with that it's like man it's you know they were trying to go over the top with the packaging and it's going to look beautiful and they wanted people to know they're getting something special but but in the end of the day gosh pipe tobacco doesn't belong in a humidor <laughs> right, right. you know pipe tobacco um you know that that hum that that cedar that spanish cedar that lines these humidors um man that stuff is thirsty it's gonna fight that tobacco for moisture and um and and typically unless you purchase this tobacco right out of the gate um that has that is what happened uh you know with this tobacco is that a lot of times the the actual packaging kind of damaged the product in some sense and so um Really interesting, you know. It's like, man, they kind of, they almost, uh, you know, outdid themselves so much that they, uh, you know, kind of, kind of actually hurt the hurt the end product. But um, I, I don't know. Kind of, kind of interesting. The reviews on this were decidedly uh, mixed to underwhelmed when it came out, um, and uh, you know, and I think that's why you see some of the some of the products still on the market. But the the idea of you know high quality was there. Obviously, they worked really hard to produce something that was very. Uh, you know, very special, um, you know, and I think the quality of the tobacco, uh, you know, from the gate was probably very high, uh, particularly if you're a, you know, aromatic smoker and someone that likes to smoke uh, nuanced things. But, um, you, you know, in the end, they uh, put a lot of stock in, um, you know, some of the, the packaging and things like that. So, you know, if it were me and, and you, you know, you just made partner at your law firm uh, and you're looking for something special to treat yourself with in the tobacco world, um, you know, I, I don't know. If it were between this and the uh, the you know uh, special edition you know uh, plum pudding or Mississippi River or, or maybe Rainer seventy one, uh, I might pull the trigger on one of those. So <laughs> well, there you go. anyway, but um, you know, th- so there are a lot of um, you know tobaccos out there that that kind of live in this luxury, exquisite atmosphere. You know, in the end, uh, so much of it is about you know what you enjoy and uh, and what you don't. And I, I think with a lot of these, the uh, the statement is, you know, the the, the quality uh, is arguably there, but but really they're trying to make a statement with the product, with the branding and the, you know, the packaging and presentation and all that kind of stuff. And in the end, you know, tobacco is tobacco. And what's important is that you uh, you smoke what you really like and uh, and, you know, keep trying new things that are of interest to you and, um, you know, and uh, and share the wealth. So 
that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, you know, no matter uh, how much you're spending for your pipe tobacco, you want to make sure you're getting the most out of uh, out of it. So be sure to, uh, if you've not done so already, you need to make sure that you have as part of your pipe collection some great quality pipes from our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. That's right, man. Missouri Meerschaum Pipes, they make uh, high-quality corncob pipes right here in the United States and have been doing it, doing it for over 150 years. Today, we are talking about the Elf Pipe from Missouri Meerschaum. It's one of their Cobbett Series pipes and one of the more popular ones. It's got a really nice kind of Dublin-shaped uh, cylindrical bowl uh, there, a generous bowl with a long church warden style uh, black stem, which is just very high quality. A nice uh, nickel band uh, there surrounds the end of the shank cap. Uh, and just makes for a really classic appearance. So uh, check it out. We uh, encourage you to smoke your Missouri Meerschaum pipes. And, uh, man, if you do, tweet us a picture. We'd love to tweet that back out and let the folks at Missouri Meerschaum know we thank them for sponsoring this show. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great. But having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com. Code staple two zero. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. Listener feedback this week. Man, this is a big episode this week. I know, man. We kind of, yeah, we, we talked a long time. Uh, um, yeah. It's a it, premium episode, if you will. It, it, it is. You're getting bang for your buck or something like that. Something like that. Man, this first one, uh, this is actually a, a note that we got from uh, uh, the folks there at La, La DC. You want to take this one? 
Hi, John, David, and company. Just wanted to drop you a quick note to say thanks for the recognition and the very cool certificates you sent to us here at Laudacy Distribution Group. It made everyone's day, and we're working on getting them framed and up in the office. Uh, thanks for all you do. Best regards. And that's from Ted. Ted Swearingen, uh, the Chief Operating Officer at Laudacy Enterprises. So um, to, to let folks know what this is about, you know, we every year do our best of and uh, the best of show, you know, is where, you know, we kind of take nominations from you, the listener, about the best of in the uh, pipe tobacco universe. And then we, we actually have an award uh, that we designate for uh, folks in a variety of categories. And and so, um, I mean, the, the folks at Law DC, of course, they are awesome. They are some of the best in the industry, not just in the in that they produce awesome products, but also uh, that they support the pipe community. And so we're really, you know, big fans of them and, and love what they do. Law DC, you know, just if, if that name doesn't ring a bell to you, one of these names might. Uh, smokingpipes.com, uh, Cornell and Deal, Savinelli, uh, Peterson, so many other, uh, you know, the importer of Karibi lighters and, and so many other, you know, premium and, and high quality products, uh, GLP's tobaccos. Um, and so, you know, last year, we had uh, three awards that were actually, uh, you know, won by one of the Law DC uh, affiliated brands. And uh, the best tin tobacco was for Sun Bear, something that Jeremy Reeves created uh, there at uh, Cornell and Deal. Really awesome tobacco flavored with some of his own personal honey. Uh, really, really cool. Um, the Savinelli Regimental won the, uh, you know, best uh, new pipe. And then uh, Peterson Pipes of Dublin was, um, you know, the uh, the pipe manufacturer of the year. And so uh, we, we, you know, eventually what we do is we kind of create uh, literal awards for that and then send those off to the award winners. And um, and so this was from Ted. They received theirs and um, and we're in the process of, you know, getting those kind of framed up to put up apparently in their office there. So um, anyway, Ted and, and all the folks at Law DC and, um, you know, your, your several awesome, incredible brands that, you know, are some of the best in the industry. We're uh, we're thankful for you and uh, and and love what you do and um, and hope to hope to have many more years of uh, of you know top shelf stuff. Absolutely, man. Great. I uh, think thanks so much for that and uh, that that goes double for me and Co. Uh, all right, John T- <laughs> <laughs> and Co. That's and right. Co. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right, man. We got one. Uh, man, we haven't heard from Mark VV in a while, so I was excited to see this come in. It says John David Bo, remember me? It's one of the OG Squires, the one, the only Mark VV. I might be your number one. Own, uh, I might be your number one fan. I vacation in my John David costume and hunt for buried McClelland in people's yards. On a serious note, I finally started to catch up on my massive episode backlog as I've been down for the count due to new baby related related reasons. But I did listen to the most recent and wanted to offer my feedback and absolute agreeance with John David on what makes a bad pipe a bad pipe. This is an episode we did uh, a few few weeks back. He says, mechanics, mechanics, mechanics. Man, it's so key. I've seen so many people, including myself, buy several hundred dollar pipes from, quote, artisans on Etsy or eBay or InstaFace to get real clunkers because they hadn't been carving long enough to master the mechanics. The pipes look gorgeous, but go unsmoked because the experience is far below subpar. This is not to say there aren't some absolutely stellar artisan pipe makers out there, but for your first, get a dang factory Salvinelli or something. On a side note, my wife and I had our second baby daughter back in December. Uh, it's a stretch, but the missus and I named uh, her with a pipe smoking related name. Little Lucy was named for none other than my favorite literary character, Lucy Pevensey from the Chronicles of Narnia. 
which was written by one of my favorite pipe smokers of all time, uh, C.S. Lewis. And again, that is coming from our boy down in New Orleans, Mark VV. Man, Mark, great, great to hear from you, man. I think you're dead on. You know, we talked about, um, you know, the mechanics of pipes making such a big difference, even uh, even if the briar is subpar, or even if the, you know, materials aren't, aren't quite, uh, you know, what you would like them to be. Man, if the drilling is on and if the uh, you know, if all the all the pieces are, are in the right place and, uh, you know, the diameter of this and that and the draft hole lines up correctly and, I, you know, all that stuff is just so, so important. So, um, man, I, I think you're I think you're dead on, um, man. And, and as an aside, uh, just congrats again on little Lucy and uh, man for your sweet family. We love you so much and um, are, are very thankful for you and and your uh, your precious family. Absolutely, man. And hey, thanks to everybody who are uh, writing in, sending your feedback, uh, tuning in every single week. We uh, love getting this feedback in. If you want to, you can email us, show at countrysquireradio.com. You can, of course, keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. Of course, the show's handle is at Squire Radio, but all that information and more can be found at countrysquireradio.com. Well, man, like I said, it's a premium episode. We went a little bit longer than anticipated here, but uh, yeah, hey, that, I that know. Just, <laughs> that just means even more for next week, man. So, uh, hey, let's go have a day. See you, brother. your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 